You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now. Here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Zach's in the building. I'm Faraz. We're doing a mock draft show today. I'm drafting from the four spot. Zach is drafted from the eight hole in a 12-team half PPR draft. Um, we're going to go through all our picks, who we like, who we don't, explain our picks, all that. By the end of this episode, you might have a pretty good idea of the guys me and Zach are going after. Uh, We have a ton of news to go over. Let's break all of that down, Zach. Saquon Barkley, back in the building for the Giants. He signed a one-year, $10.1 million fully guaranteed deal. That's the same exact amount of his franchise tag, but he also gets a $2 million signing bonus, so he gets that now opposed to none. If he signed the franchise tag, he gets about a million dollars, a little bit less than a million dollars in incentives as well. So just a couple of perks on top of what would have been. Now, there actually could not have been a long-term deal on the table for Saquon at this point because once you miss the franchise tag signing deadline, you cannot sign a long-term deal. The only deal that you can sign is a one-year deal. So that's what him and the Giants agreed to. So commence drafting. Saquon Barkley for fantasy. Okay. Yes. This 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 doesn't do a whole lot for the running back market. Um, there are conspiracy theories out there that Saquon got the bag and now will will fake an injury come week one. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't really see that happening, but we'll see. I don't think that's gonna happen either. Nah. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, he was spotted leaving Las Vegas as the Raiders are are beginning training camp. Apparently doesn't have any plans of returning anytime soon. Uh, I'm wondering if he does something similar or if he just wants out of Vegas. Uh, I am buying the dip on Josh Jacobs in best ball. I'm taking the risk in redraft as well if he falls to the fourth round like he has been in best ball this week on Underdog Fantasy. I will be scooping that up. Yeah, Naheem Hines was minding his own damn business sitting on his jet ski when another jet ski comes crashing into him. He got seriously hurt. Uh, nothing life-threatening, but he's going to have surgery and now will miss the entire 2023 season. That is absolutely terrible. Like, that's... that's, that's Dude, imagine just sitting on a jet ski and just getting, you know, just, you know, just like another jet ski just coming out of nowhere just, like, crashes into you, dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, now, wishing the best. I, I bet uh, that guy had sucks. James Cook in Dynasty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what was going on. Like oh that has God. to be it. Like, how Dude, do you crash into somebody? Unbelievable. Not only like, first of all, I, okay, jet skis. I guess you're on the water. Things can get unpredictable. But you were stationary. Like, how do you hit a non-moving object? That just doesn't. Make I don't sense. know, man. And it's I a don't tough know, break, man. But, geez. 
Yeah, but we, we wish him we wish him an amazing recovery. Hopefully, he'll be back next year. Uh, you know, we've spoken about this Bills running back room, how we feel about James Cook. Now, I did speak to Sal Capaccio, longtime Bills beat reporter, play-by-play announcer as well, and we briefly spoke about this backfield, and he did say that James Cook is the, quote, main man in all regards. And this was before this incident. And I know that Hines was mainly the primary returner for the Bills, so mainly special teams, but he's been one of the, the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL since he made it to the league, like just super efficient um, for several years. And right. I did not see any way that he wasn't going to be involved in some capacity in the receiving game. And that was like kind of my hesitation for James Cook this year, because if he was going to split that role, like he's not as attractive to me as a fantasy player, you know, but now I see James Cook as someone who will be taking over that singletary role, right? Except be targeted, right? And I put this out on Instagram yesterday, but we have a few stats to pay attention to, right? Singletary ran 312 routes last year. That was seventh among all running backs. And I'm looking at fantasy life data. We got some awesome data from the running back data profiles they have for free, by the way, at fantasylife.com. But Singletary was targeted on only 13% of those routes. That ranked 46th among running backs with 25 or more targets. Not good. James Cook, on the other hand, who was someone who earned, earned targets at Georgia, was very efficient with those targets, led his class in yards per touch overall as well. He was targeted on 30% of his routes last year. That was second only to Austin Eckler, who was first at 31%. So I can't point to Josh Allen not using his running backs you know, over the last several years because I'm a firm believer of the fact that players are the ones who determine whether they earn targets or not, right? And James Cook earned targets from Allen when running routes last year. So, like, if that stays true, and I'm not using the 30% threshold because that's absolutely nuts, but we could be seeing, you know, 65 to 80 catch season for Cook this year, right? Like, all the stuff that we're looking at Jameer Gibbs is doing this year, right? We could be seeing a poor man's version of that uh, in Buffalo. It is possible, right? Now, you know, and and then you you, you talk about what Sal said too, right? Like, if he's the man in all regards, meaning he's going to have a big role in early downs as well, maybe not goal line, right? They have a couple big backs for that, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. You know, maybe one of them, you know, don't make the team. Who knows? You know, maybe both stay, given the Naheem Hines situation. But I'm loving Cook in the eighth round right now. You know, I've heard some people talking about, you know, now they're going to sign a veteran because Hines was there to play a specific role on special teams, uh, you know, and as a pass catcher. But they did sign Darrington Evans yesterday after the news of Heinz coming in okay yeah so I, I don't really see them now signing Zeke or Fournette or, or Dalvin if they were to sign one of those guys it means that they they had plans to entertain that all along right and it's not right. because of the sign Hein this Heinz situation right yeah I mean Darrington Evans it doesn't really scare me <laughs> you know he's no not, not at all be, he's not gonna be Niam Hines and I think that you, you you hit the nail on the head right there and it, James Cook he can run and catch you know, but now that the pass catching competition is going to be out of there, they're not going to put Damian Harris on the field to catch balls out of the backfield. It's going to be James Cook. So he's definitely going to have a role in that regard. And you mentioned that he earned targets. So he's definitely going to have work that way. Even if he's only rushing a ball 10 times a game, even right. eight times a game, you know, if you look at 15 total touches and half of them are coming in the receiving game, I mean, that's going to be enough to make him relevant at least at the very least, you know, and that's like the baseline. Like he can have a much higher ceiling than that in this offense because I mean, Damian Harris, he can run, 
he doesn't really do much outside of that. And James Cook can run too. So it's not like they're going to be exclusively running the ball with Damian Harris and exclusively passing the ball when James Cook is on the field. James Cook is going to get some touches too. He's going to have the majority of the work. He's the guy to have. And, you know, eighth round, like you said, can't really go wrong at that price now. Maybe you can catch it. You can get that value now because I think James Cook's price is about to go up a little bit. I don't think it's going to jump like rounds, but it's going to probably go up in the seventh round. I think. Yeah, I, I could definitely say that, which I'm perfectly fine drafting him there as well. Yeah. Right. Um, remember, this was the second round pick by the Bills last offseason. Right. And right. they let Devin Singletary walk in free agency. Okay. So, and by the way, um, we're going to have Sal on the show again uh, very soon. Well, he was never on the show before, but we, I was on his show <laughs> in Buffalo. But uh, we're, he's going to be on the show very soon. And we're going to talk all things uh, Bills training camp very soon. Promise. Yeah. Okay. Go move it on. Jimmy Garoppolo not starting on the pup, which means he'll get to throw passes to Devonta Adams, which means maybe we shouldn't be so wary of Devonta Adams at the end of the first round, Zach. Right. No, I I wasn't ever wary of Devonta Adams just because we've seen him produce. You know, the whole thing was Devonta Adams going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. He's not going to be able to produce. Blah blah blah. And look at what he did: fifteen hundred yards, led the league in touchdown, receiving touchdowns, like. It's Devontae Adams we're talking about here. I don't think he's at a point. He didn't look at any point last season like he was about to fall off a cliff in terms of his production or his talent. You know, like he's looking like Devontae Adams through and through. So I'm not worried about Devontae Adams. Obviously, this is nice to have that, you know, confirmation that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to play. He's going to be able to throw. That's good news. But I wasn't ever worried about it, really. Because even last year when Derek Carr didn't play, and who was it? I forget who the was it Jared Stidham at quarterback who had that Devontae yes. Adams had a huge game. Yeah. He had a huge looking game. Looking like Aaron Rodgers out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to Devontae Adams as long as they are serviceable at the very least. I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be fine. So I'm not worried about Devontae Adams. I think in the late first round, he, he's a good pick. I don't think he's like a screaming value because other wide receivers ahead of him have higher upsides, but Devontae Adams. He's still Devontae Adams. So I, I, I'm not worried about him at all at that price, especially with Jimmy G. This news coming in, it's only good news. Yeah, I hear that, man. Um, let's see. J- Javante Williams will also be avoiding the pup list to begin training camp. That's amazing news. Uh, yeah. Now, this does not mean that he'll be a full go. He can still be limited. Um, and that's what we should expect here. I just want people to understand that there's still a process here. There could be some training wheels involved. And this doesn't mean that Javante Williams is now completely healthy. But this is no doubt great news. Uh, and by the way, yeah. um, I did say previously that he's completely off my draft board, but I'm starting to warm up to potentially drafting him outside the top 24 running backs. I might consider it because he's being drafted as like the RB 27 right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, if he's continued, if he's going to continue to be outside and I've taken my shots here and there in best ball, but I don't have a huge exposure to him. But in redraft, I think I could potentially think about and I, and I don't see, like, big boom weeks for him, so I didn't go crazy, you know, in best ball. But, like, yeah. in redraft, if he's going to continue to slide and if he's, like, out there, I might take my shots here and there. Um, but, you know, that offense and that role is just too intriguing <laughs> with Sean Payton. You know, even yeah. if it's just, like, 15 touches a game, if he's being targeted, like, you know, several times a game, I could see it. But regardless, I think Samaji P. Ryan is probably my main target in the backfield right now. Yeah, I think Javante Williams, if if Javante Williams and Samaj Pirine, you know, split 
snaps pretty evenly. I think it'll start probably at this point with, you know, Javante Williams being cleared and everything. I think it'll start in Samaj P. Ryan's favor. I don't think they're just going to throw him in, in the fire and say, here, handle 20 touches a game. Javante Williams, I think it's going to be Samaj P. Ryan getting most of the touches early. But I think it can shift over to Javante Williams anytime. And I think that late in the season, we might start to see more of those weeks where Javante Williams having, you know, bigger games than he was at the beginning of the season. Samaj P. Ryan, not so utilized in the ground game. He's more of the receiving back. Samaj P. Ryan is still a very good back. Like, let's not forget, you know, Javante Williams coming back is, is awesome. But Samaj P. Ryan is going to get some touches here, too. We know Sean Payton likes to run the two running back system over one. He doesn't like to favor one guy. So I think that Samaj P. Ryan. He's, he's not going to lose value from Javante Williams coming back. I think that it might have been higher, say, if Javante Williams wasn't going to start or on track to start week one. But I think both of them can have you know value. It's not like either of them are off my board. Javante Williams, like you said, he's an addition to the draft board now where he wasn't on the draft board before. And Samaj Piran's been there, and his value is going to be you know week to week. But that's kind of what we expected from him. He's being drafted outside the top 30 running backs. Yeah, I, I don't really care. Like, if I draft... Samaj P. Ryan, like, I don't even care if, like, Javante Williams is ready for week one. Like, it's gr- it'll be exactly. great if Samaj P. Ryan, you know, if, if Javante misses and I drafted Samaj all over the place, then great. I have, like, a workhorse running back, you know, for yeah. week one. Sure. Like, that's awesome, of course. But, like, that's not really why I'm drafting Javante for that possibility that uh, – I'm sorry. That's not why I'm drafting P. Ryan for that possibility that Javante is going to be out, like, week one and two or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Rashad Bateman – is going to be starting camp on the pup list. They want to ramp him up slowly since he's returning from that list. Frank in surgery. Uh, it seems like right now, like your guy Zay Flowers is the guy to target. You know, for for right now, James Jones came out and said that he's the guy as well. James Jones, former Packers wide receiver, now reporter of all things NFL. Uh, but we have to keep in mind that Bateman is also not on the field right now, right? When they right. talk about like Zay Jones, Zay Flowers being the best guy on the field, that's really comparing him and Odell Beckham Jr. So that makes sense. Um, I really want to see if Bateman will be at 100% at some point this preseason. Uh, you know, according to Docs, you know, 100% for him could be October, you know, while he plays at less than 100% before that. But he should be ready for week right. one at this point. So, yeah, what I'm hearing is Zay Flowers looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, obviously, the like. competition, it's not, you know, there. Um, you said Rashad Bateman isn't practicing. I saw, I think it was Ian Hardis that put out that also Odo Beckham wasn't practicing either. So, of course, Zay Flowers is going to be the best guy in the room. First round oh, draft pick. You know, with the guys that, that, yeah, I, I saw that somewhere. I think it was in Fantasy Life's newsletter. But, okay, um, yeah, I saw that neither of them were practicing. So it's like, of course. And he did right. mention, like, that's going to change everything. You hear Zay Flowers is the best receiver on the field, but he's the only receiver on the field. <laughs> of course, right. that's going to make sense. But it's good news anyway to hear that he's playing well, you know. So I'm not tapping the brakes on Zay Flowers or anything. I still think that he can be the guy. I heard that Odo Beckham Jr. said that this might be his last season in the NFL. So that doesn't right. sound like somebody Which that's makes sense. contributing on a regular right. basis to me. So I, I think Zay Flowers, yeah, good news to hear that. Just keep in mind, you know, that the competition wasn't there. Of course, he's going to look like the best receiver there. But that's what you want to hear from your, you know, first-round pick. And I, I'm course. a big fan of Zay Flowers. Amara Cooper tweaked something, not major, but also not good. Uh, Elijah Moore, right. meanwhile, is just tearing it up in camp. Uh, and we'll <laughs> talk about that more on Thursday. But as of right now, Amara Cooper – his price might slide a little bit uh, because of the fact that he tweaked something and we might not see him back in camp for a couple of days. Who knows right. how long it's going to be. Uh, Kadarius, Tony, guys, you know, just take him off your draft board at this point. Like the dude got hurt again on the first day yeah. of camp. He just had surgery today this morning. to clean yep. up his knee. 
Uh, this is going to leave the door open for guys like Sky Moore, who I'm targeting heavy at his price. It'll open the door for someone like Rashi Rice, uh, former yeah. Clemson who stand out wide receiver Justin Ross, also getting reps with the first team. Target all those guys, in my opinion. Like, just I'm taking Tony off my draft board, dude. Like, I, I love the guy, super efficient when he's on the field, but like, I just can't anymore. It's like, when is he on the field? <laughs> right? You get him like yeah. two or three weeks a year where he's actually going to produce. I have a couple Kadaris. Tony shares across a couple leagues. So that's upsetting news to hear. You know, obviously, I, th- I originally, I think it was like two days ago, early this week, it was like he tweaked something and then right. now it's surgery. Like, yeah, no, that that's bad news. You know, you don't want to deal with that, especially with his history. And they said it was a re-aggravation of an old knee injury. So, yeah, it seems like that's just going to be like derailing his career at this point. I mean, it's already been, you know, but it looks like his prospects seem low. He just can't seem to get over that hump. Obviously, completely out of his control. But you're right. At this point, there's plenty of other high upside receivers in the Chiefs offense. They're going to have Patrick Mahomes thrown to them. They're extremely cheap. You know, just go take upside shots on them. Like Rashi Rice now becomes interesting to me. And I think yeah, he wasn't really on my exactly. board. So now he right. is. So it's just like a quick power shift here. Kadarius Tony, take him off. Rashi Rice is now, I think, relevant. That's my takeaway. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, Sky Moore is absolutely killing it in camp as well. So exactly. That's what, yeah. exactly what you want to hear. Uh, Tim Twentyman, beat reporter for the Lions, said that Sam Laporta is expected to have a role right away and be an important part of the Lions' offense. Uh, the question for me, Zach, is how significant will his role be? Right? It's just yeah. rare for tight ends to have a big role year one and you know a lot of production year one. I'm not sure I'm still going after him. Um, I really think it's like Amon Ra and Gibbs right now in terms of like the pass catchers to target on the Lions. Like, do you like Laporta at all for this year? You know, I like him as a prospect, but not sure how much I love him for this season. Yeah, not for the season because we're going to go by the age old adage of don't draft rookie tight ends, you know, and expect them to produce. I mean, Kyle Pitts kind of bucked that trend, but you know, that's Kyle Pitts. He was a unicorn. He didn't score any touchdowns that season either, so it didn't really feel like it. You had a whole soapbox on that a couple episodes ago. You can listen to that if you want to hear our thoughts on Kyle Pitts. But Sam Laporta, I mean, at his price, can you go wrong? No, but it's like, are you really going to cash in with that? I think Amon Ross St. Brown, like you said, is a target machine and he's going to continue to catch passes. Jameson Williams will be back eventually, you know, so that target distribution is it's going to be spread pretty thin, especially if, you know, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs get some run in the ground game. Like, I think they could be very balanced. Jared Goff threw a lot of passes last season, but they might not have to rely on that as much. They have a good offensive line. Things could shift a little bit. Sam Laporta, you know, I think he's great as a talent. They drafted him high. So the capital, that's good news for him long term. But as we know, with rookie tight ends, it might be tough for him to produce in year one, especially with the competition that he has. Like we said, if we're expecting Jameer Gibbs to get 80, 90 targets, you know, then there's not going to be a whole lot left for Sam Laporta. And he might be in that Brock Wright, you know, those Lions tight ends from last season. He might be in just that committee for the time being. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins was placed on the pup. Uh, it seems to be contract related, though. Yesterday's Fantasy Life newsletter does a good job. Yesterday's Fantasy Life newsletter did a good job of breaking this down a bit. Uh, but Dobbins wasn't in minicamp last month because he wants a new contract. And he's already way past the timeline of him being hurt, like from the injury that he had last year. But instead, there's speculation that the Ravens placed him on pup because if Dobbins doesn't report to camp at some point, they can just keep him on the pup and he wouldn't get an accrued season. So he'll be in the same exact situation next offseason and be going into the last year of his deal, just like how he's going into the last year of his deal right now. 
Um, yeah. And then they signed Melvin Gordon as like, a, you know, we got someone in case it doesn't work type of thing, right? And I think Dobbins is going to end up reporting. He has no leverage. He right. has no production yet, really. And I think I'll be taking advantage of any discount I can get at this point because I love him for this year once he's on yeah. the field. And it seems like he's going to have to get back on the field at some point. He absolutely has to, you know, and you're 100% right. Like the Ravens have all the leverage in this situation. If they can just hold him out for a year and he's in the exact same position, it can just keep cycling back. And you talk about, he, he sure, he doesn't have the season long production. He has the per touch production. We talked a whole lot about that in terms of, you know, his efficiency in the ground game. So I agree with you. I'm not really worried about it. I think he's going to play assuming, you know, that he does play any type of discount would be welcome. And I don't know how much of a discount we're going to get. This kind of just came out of left field. I know you sent me the headline as soon as it came out. I was like, what the heck is going on? Why does this have to happen? Like, it, it, it just must be the trend, you know, right now, if you're a running back to just have a contract dispute. You know, that's just what they're <laughs> doing nowadays. It might be symbolic just because of everything that went down, you know, with Saquon and Josh Jacobs. But, you know, it's, it's a changing situation. I'm not really heeding it very much, this report of J.K. Dobbins, you know, being placed on the pup and potentially missing time until we actually get to week one and they're saying he's not suiting up. And that's a big if. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I agree. And assuming that he drafts, he slides even more in drafts, he could be the Josh Jacobs of this year, man. Yeah. Josh Jacobs was drafted around this around his ADP. I think It's, I think, it's only going to make it him even more attractive as a target. I agree. I agree. Saints rookie running back Kendrick Miller was activated from the pup. That's great news. He now has a chance to pass Jamal Williams on the depth chart. Yep. The Saints signed Jimmy Graham to a one-year deal. Uh, <laughs> do not draft Jimmy Graham for fantasy. Yeah. I kind of don't love this for Juwan Johnson, though, because if Graham was on the field at all running routes, this would take away from Juwan running routes. So yeah. I don't see why Jimmy would sign and not retire uh, if they didn't promise him uh, a, a, like a real role. right? Like yeah. I don't think he signed just to be, be a mentor. right? Mm -hmm. So this is kind of interesting to me. I don't think like I think a real role at this point of his career could be like, you know, 25, 30 percent snaps. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get that much yeah. anyway, but which is like it, it is somewhat significant, you know, to take away from Juwan, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It doesn't help anybody. It just makes yeah. things makes life more difficult for Juwan Johnson. It's like Juwan Johnson has proven he's, he's pretty good. You know, Derek Carr had this connection with him and now suddenly they're signing Jimmy Graham out of left field you know he's 37 i don't think he's going to produce very much but you're right like yeah. if he's going to be on the field over Juwan johnson that's going to hurt that's going to sting and they also have um foster moreau right? right i don't know if he's going to play a whole lot either it's just now suddenly there's this committee at tight end in new orleans and it's like Juwan johnson's right. clearly the guy that should be on the field at this point in their careers it's like what are we doing i i didn't exactly. really understand this i was reading some old write-up that we did a while ago for one of the podcasts and you had mentioned Jimmy Graham and I was like, man, Jimmy Graham, what a blast from the past. And then five minutes later, I get a notification. It's like, he's playing for the saints again. I'm like, what the heck happened? I was like, did I just like read that into existence? It was crazy. But yeah, yeah. Jimmy Graham, no need, no reason to target him, but it does make me a little bit more wary of Jawan Johnson. I, I, I think so. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. targeting him anymore. Um, as one of my late round tight ends, you know, um, he's, there are some other. I, I don't other think factors. he's like an avoid because of it, but you know, it's like definitely the ceiling takes a hit. You know, he, yeah. At his price, he might be a little overvalued now. Jamison Williams is hurt. He hurt his leg. He's going to miss some time in camp. Not great. Remember, he has a six game suspension as well. Not a great start. Not a great start to his career, right now. No. Um, <laughs> now there's been a lot of camp hype already. 
like camp just started. Like some camp started last week with the Jets, Chiefs. Most teams started today, Tuesday. But I decided that we can cover a lot of that on Thursday when we have more stuff yeah. to talk about. And we can weed stuff out for you guys, see what's real, what isn't, like what should we be paying attention to, what is just noise, etc. Right? That's going to be Thursday's episode. Okay, guys? All right. We're going to hop in to a draft. Let's do it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes. The mock We're going to do a 12-team half PPR snake draft. Um, we, we're doing, we have 15 rounds up here. We'll see if we actually make it 15 rounds, but we'll go 15 rounds for now. Uh, I have yep. the four spot. Zach has the eight spot. Um, are you ready to get started, dude? Yeah, 100%. You know, I think we did. We're like almost a month to the day. I think we're three days off from being a month from our last uh, mock draft. So a, podcast. a whole month of movement on the on the board, you know, in terms of ADPs. We'll see where players are falling right now, what we can do. Compare it maybe even the last time. I'm not sure. We'll have Let's to do see. it. It's interesting. Let's do it, man. I'm going to hit start draft right now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Team one on the board. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey off the board. I am on the board here. So this is a half PPR league. Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, B. John Robinson, all on the board right now. And the guy that I have ranked the highest is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup and yeah. Tyree Kill. Those are the two guys for me. And I'm actually going to go a little bit um, – I think Cooper Cup is a very good pick here. Um, I love Tyreek Hill as well. I think people are underestimating the fact that he has almost an equal chance as Cooper Cup to become the wide receiver one overall at the right. end. Um, and I love his 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 you know just his ability overall. But I, I am going to go Cooper Cup here. I think yeah. that's a smart move. Um, Austin Eckler was taken right after him. Travis Kelsey, Bijan Robinson. You're on the board. Yeah, Tyreek, so, Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, all on the board right now. This one hurts me a lot because Bijan Robinson came off the board one pick before me, and that would have been my auto pick at this point because I love Bijan Robinson in a high volume rushing offense. You know, elite talent, everything is going his way. I have Bijan Robinson. Like I said, I would take him as high as third overall on the Q and A podcast a couple episodes ago, and I, I'm sticking by that. So the fact that he went off the board right before me hurts, but. I don't have any problem taking Tyreek Hill here. I mean, eighth overall, that that that's not bad. I'm looking at the running backs. Saquon is Saquon. I like the receivers more personally. I think that you can get good running backs later. And Jonathan Taylor, 
Anthony Richardson. There's just too much, you know, question mark, too many question marks going around that in the offense. It's probably not going to be good, especially if Gardner Minshew is starting games at the start of the year. I don't like Jonathan Taylor's ceiling for his price. Uh, Stefan Diggs is kind of in consideration here, but I, I just think that Tyreek Hill, like you mentioned, has a good chance being the wide receiver one. So I'm going to take him right here. If Travis Kelsey made it down to you uh, at eight, would you have taken him? Yes, 100%. Over, over Tyreek Hill? Yep. Yeah, yep. Just okay. because of his positional advantage at that point. You know, uh, Tyreek Hill is very good, but Travis Kelsey, you know, is head and shoulders above every other tight end. So I hear that. Now, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor went off the board right after you. Stefan Diggs, Patrick Mahomes going off the board uh, at the end of the first round. C.D. Lamb, Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown, a little bit of a value at the 2-3 spot, and then yeah. Josh Jacobs right before you. So got a little sharp drafters here. Okay. Yeah. That, You're definitely. on the board right now. Devonta Adams on the board, Derrick Henry. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell. Tony Pollard, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's we'll a lot to him. like. And I'll tell you what, Tony Pollard is really calling out to me right here. He would be a really high pick based on the ADP here. They have him all the way down at 24, so that would be back half of the second round, so the 2-3 turn. I'm really tempted to take him because there's plenty of good wide receivers too to compliment Tyreek Hill. I think Der- I mean, Derrick Henry's sitting there on the board, but he doesn't have anywhere near the upside that Tony Pollard has. I think these receivers are good. Devontae Adams would be an easy pick here, but I already have Tyreek Hill. So I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger. You know, I have to get this guy. There's no way he's going to fall back to me, you know, at 3-8. There's how many picks between me at this, at least like 12, 14 picks. So I'm going to take Tony Pollard in the second round just because he has, I think, top three upside for the running back position. 100%. I think, I think Tony Pollard his ADP is way lower than what we have him projected for. Yeah. Um, I, I I would draft Tony Pollard at the end of the first round. Like that's how much I love Tony Pollard. And yeah. you don't you don't have to, but in your situation where you know you you're basically not going to get Tony Pollard coming back around to you at at with the eighth pick of the third round, that'll be your next pick. So yeah. you went with your guy, and I agree with you. I have him ranked over all the guys that I just mentioned on the board. Yeah. Now. Devonta Adams, Derrick Henry, Josh Allen just came off the board right right after you, right before me. I'm at the 2-9 right now with Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Jalen Hurts, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, all on the board right now. Mark Andrews as well. Um, now, you might be wondering why you know these running backs came off the board. In a half PPR setting, I think running backs a little bit more valuable. Um, right. Depending on the roster too, like in this particular roster, we have two wide receivers and two flexes okay so that's why a lot of the wide receivers also didn't come off the board uh as quickly right um and in these home type of leagues like you're going to see running backs being taken off the board a lot more quickly than you would normally do in like best ball like in a best ball format for example um right. i'm on my same brown too a lot more valuable in a full ppr setting than a half point ppr setting okay I have Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson back-to-back in my full PPR rankings. However, in half PPR, I actually have Garrett Wilson ahead of Amon Ra St. Brown. That Um, makes total sense. And the reason for that is I just think that Garrett Wilson is going to outperform Amon Ra in terms of touchdowns scored, right? I think there is a lot. I think Garrett Wilson's locked for 10-plus touchdowns this year. 
Uh, Amara can definitely do it as well. We saw how many times he was stopped at the one yard line last year. Um, right. But I do think that um, Garrett Wilson in a standard or a half point is just a little bit more valuable than Amara St. Brown. I, I think that's absolutely the case. I agree with you. I just want to get this off before you get to your next pick. But Amon Ross St. Brown had the, let's see, the eighth, tied seventh lowest uh, A dot last year, 6.7. Like that is very low, especially for the production. You know, obviously he had, he had the receptions, but if you're talking about, you know, half point PPR versus full PPR and Garrett Wilson's going to do much better on a per touch basis, I think. You know, there's more opportunity there for Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He's a clear one. Obviously, Amari is too. But I think that's a differentiating factor when you, you know, have him that close in your ranking. So I agree with that pick. Garrett Wilson had a 31% air yard share last year, which is absolutely ridiculous. I got that from fantasylife.com. Um, so, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's that's on par with the wide receiver ones. Amon Ra, however, you know, not the case, right? Amon Ra, completely different. Amon Ra... 25% air yard share, which is lower than a typical wide receiver three. Okay. Right. So just keep that in mind uh, in the non, you know, if it's, if you're not playing in full PPR. Okay. Jalen Waddle, Amon Ra, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Devontae Smith, Mark Andrews came off the board. I'm on the clock right now. I would have took Mark Andrews here, potentially. Um, Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson, that's my team right now. Jalen Hurts is on the board. I love him. Ramondre Stevens is on the board. I love him too. So, right. I love Chris Olave. He's on the board as well. Those are the three guys I'm considering here. Hertz, Ramondre, and Olave. I have seven seconds to make a decision. And I'm going Ramondre uh, for my, to be my RB1 uh, because I don't have a running back yet. Okay, so I need that running back. I could have took Olave, put him in my flex. I do love him this year. But I think I'm going to try to get my every down running back in Ramondre Stevenson for now. Right. I, I, I like that pick. You know, you had two very good receivers on the board. Did you need Chris Olave? No. Would it have been really cool to see that? All of those guys on the same roster? Yes. Chris Olave has top five upside. I agree. We put out a post on that a while ago. You're 100% right. I love Chris Olave. But now I'm on the board, and there are a lot of guys I like here. Um, Chris Olave is still on the board. He made it to me. So that's pretty cool in the third round. I'd like to take him to compliment Tyreek Hill, but there's other guys on the board that I like too. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think it's a little high, you know, obviously. But he has the rushing upside that not a lot of other quarterbacks have. You know, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen are really the only two other rushing quarterbacks that you're going to take outside of Justin Fields. I think Lamar Jackson can do a lot more in the air than Justin Fields can. So he's higher on the board for me than Justin Fields. But also, Jameer Gibbs is sitting there. <laughs> and that's really interesting. Imagine Tony Pollard and Jameer Gibbs, you know, oh, yeah. in my backfield. That would that would be pretty sweet. I, wonder, one, if, I wonder if I could get him on the way back. <laughs> I kind of want to push my luck here. Press my luck. It's possible. Hopefully no whammies. But Keenan Allen's also down there, though, as a backup plan, just in case that doesn't work out. I like my options here. I think I'm going to take Chris Olave here. And then either Lamar – if I'm going to hope that Lamar Jackson, Jameer Gibbs, or Keenan Allen are sitting there for me on the way back at the 4-5. So I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Olave. Compliment I, I, think, I think this is a great example of using the ADB game to your advantage. Okay. Right. This is a oh. smart move. Now, it didn't work out. Did it work Jameer out? Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs nothing. No. However, not only did you use the ADB game to your advantage, you'd identified your backup picks before you even made your pick. Right. So right. we talked about this in the strategy episode last week. Right. Um, and I even got some DMs from people saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, they love when they use that strategy. Their mocks have coming out are coming out way better, so I love yeah. that. One hundred percent. Now, 
of course, the board didn't fall the way I wanted it to. Everybody went. <laughs> um, so oh, I have two. Kenneth Walker, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, DK Metcalf, Jameer Gibbs, D- Debo Samuel, Keenan uh, Allen, Aaron Jones. Debo so, Samuel, Keenan Allen hurts me in a very big way. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy I'm not the guy taking Debo Samuel, but the board now looks like. Joe Mixon, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Justin Fields, TJ Hawkinson, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Herbert. Now, those are the guys I really want to pick from. I have Tony Pollard. Can I get – I don't want to take another running back. I want to start another receiver. We have two flexes. I'd rather start receiver at flex than a running back. Calvin Ridley's right there, and I love Calvin Ridley. You know, even though he's been off from football a long time, all the reports out of camp are that he's crushing it. Trevor Lawrence is going to take a step forward. The other – choice i have here is justin fields to get the last rushing quarterback available i do like that upside but i think because it's not super flex or two qb i'm gonna kind of wait on quarterback because the value isn't there for me i think i'm gonna go try to build a three you know like superstar wide receiver duo trio um i'm I'm gonna take Calvin really here i think that would have been my pick as well um, and Joe Mixon went off the board right after you, followed by Miles Sanders. TJ Hawkinson went off the board right before me. Okay, so now we have Amari Cooper, who's hurt right now, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Herbert, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin. The two guys I'm looking at, you guys can probably guess, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, right? Yeah. Those are the two guys. Um, I love J.K. Dobbins. You know, I, I think that it is possible that he ends up sliding even more here. I don't have my RB2 yet, so instead of grabbing Justin Fields, I am going to grab J.K. Dobbins, man. That's my guy, right. so I'm going to go with him. Justin Fields goes right after? Yeah. Yep, of course he did, right? Justin <laughs> Herbert, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins went off the board right there. Um, you know, it would have been nice if Judy fell back to me. Uh, that would have been awesome. I would have loved that. Uh, right. But right now, who do we have on the board? Damian Pierce, George Kittle, DJ Moore, Drake London, Christian Watson, Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, Cam Akers. These are the guys who are on the board right now. Um, you know, I do like Damian Pierce this year. A little bit unsure of his role, but he was very, very talented. I think he's worth grabbing. Uh, if I didn't take J.K. Dobbins here, uh, I think uh, in the last round, I think Damian Pierce would have been a, a potential choice at the 5-4 spot where I'm at right now. Uh, because I he, I think he could be a serviceable RB2. Um, yeah. But as I grabbed Jacob Dobbins already, um, I think the choices here would be between uh, e- either taking a tight end in Kittle, Pitts, London, or, and then the wide receivers between London and Watson. Okay. Right. I love Drake London. I really like Christian Watson. I'm a little bit worried about the offensive environment uh, in Atlanta. And right. instead of having to choose between Drake London and Kyle Pitts and potentially getting that answer wrong, I think we're just going to go with the upside here with Christian Watson because I believe uh, in Christian Watson, and I think he's a good bet to make. Now, do I know he's going to work out? No. But I do know that a lot of the underlying metrics point to guys like Christian Watson and what they did in year one. They usually go on to be very good wide receivers in the NFL. So. I'm going with Christian Watson. I think he's going to be the clear wide receiver one there. Despite all the noise that we've been hearing, 
I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah. Follow, following me, Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, and Kyle Pitts. Um, I love that. I love DeAndre Swift. I think I think I probably would have taken DeAndre Swift over Pierce, actually. I didn't even see him on the board. Um, yeah. But the Swift is another upside shot besides Watson that I'd love to take. Do you think maybe I was looking at him to be my RB2? Maybe. Just, just maybe. It's fine. Yeah, I agree with, you know, going back on the pick that you had, Christian Watson over Drake London 100%, just because if one of them is going, they're probably both going to be the wide receiver ones on their team. But Christian Watson has much better upside because of Kyle Pitts in the same offense. And B. John Robinson is probably going to get a bunch of work. There's more competition in Atlanta than there is for Christian Watson in Green Bay. So I agree with that pick 100%. Kyle Pitts came off the board, so I don't have to worry about potentially taking him. That's nice. Get that off my conscience. But um, at this point, I'm looking for, I think, a quarterback or a tight end. And George Kittle's sitting right here. And he played very well. He had... I think it was seven touchdowns in the last couple of weeks with Brock Purdy, a quarterback. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. People don't really know. And I remember when I was looking at the stats, George Kittle had 11 touchdowns last year. And yeah. it didn't really feel like it, you know, because there was all sorts of quarterback turnover turnover, and Brandon Ayuk was having a big year. Christian McCaffrey was on the offense. You kind of lose sight of George Kittle. I don't usually draft tight ends early, but I think George Kittle has a good enough ceiling with Brock Purdy, at quarterback. I'm assuming Brock Purdy's going to start. I'm going to go ahead and take him. No, I, I like that pick, actually. I, I like it. Really I, like you know, I think it, it did come in bunches. You know, his tight, his production came in bunches. So that's why it might feel that way. Um, yeah. But I can see him having a big year this year as well. 100%. Now, I'm back on the board again. And I'm looking at running backs because I want another running back. I don't want to be, you know, punting at running back. And three guys on the board here. Alexander Madison, Javante Williams, who we just talked about at the top of the show, and Rashad White. Three very different players. Javante Williams might not, you know, like you see, he might have the training wheels on to start the season. Not a big fan of that, but he has good upside down the stretch. Rashad White is strictly a volume play. I mean, he's exactly what you want in your RB2, you know, because if he scores a touchdown any week and he catches a couple passes, it's going to be very good. That's all you can really ask for out of your RB2. But then there's Alexander Madison, you know. Could he be the type of running back that we've seen him be when Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I think it's definitely possible. You know, obviously we have our concerns about somebody else coming in and spelling him or playing a different role that he's not going to play. Alexander Madison has shown that he can do it. And I kind of want to roll the dice here. I mean, James Cook is also sitting there down the board. I'm looking at the wide receivers. I don't really like Mike Williams. I talked last episode about him being a bust. Michael Pittman with the quarterback situation, I'm not a big fan. Tyler Lockett has always been like, supremely undervalued and i'm just going to continue to do that at this point <laughs> because i have my three wide receivers nailed down i think i'm going to go ahead and take alexander madison right here i know you probably have some quips with that but i'm going with alexander madison just because if he is the type of running back that he was when dalvin cook doesn't play i mean he's gonna be very good you know rb2 for me and he could be a flex if i draft somebody else later on and they hit so i'm going with alexander madison this is a that's a great pick i, I would have done the same exact thing i mean look at your look at the roster right you only had tony pollard um as you know as your only running back and in the yeah. sixth round if i can grab a potential three down back for a very good offense i'm going to take that shot like we don't know what's going to happen in that backfield but right if you had to bet on it right now what are the best chances the best chances is that alexander madison is going to be the guy Right um, now, 
what is the percentage I would give it? I would give it 65-35 in Madison's favor. Like that's what I would yep. give the percentage in terms of like if he's gonna be the guy or, if he's gonna be the guy or not. But for a six round price tag, like I'm I'm gonna take that shot every single time. Absolutely. So I yeah. think I think that's a great uh great pick by you. Um Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman went off the board right before me. Uh again, my team is Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, J.K. Dobbins, and Christian Watson. Okay, uh, on the board to me right now: Dallas Goddard, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown, Darren Waller, Javante Williams. Blah 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 blah. I think I'm going to go Tyler Lockett here. I think it's a pretty easy pick for me. Um, you know, yeah. at, you know, in the sixth round, potentially the best wide receiver on the Seahawks team should be a better offense this year. You know, with JSN, with Charbonnet. So I do like Tyler Lockett there. Pretty easy decision for me. Marquise yeah. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Traylon Burks, Darren Waller, Isaiah Pacheco, Javante Williams going off the board before my next pick. Um, Rashad White sitting there. You know, the coach is already talking him up as their three down yeah. back, right? Uh, he's a pick for me. Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, who coaches have been talking him up too as, you know, potentially working more in the past game as well. So, those the guys that I'm looking at at this spot. Um, there's a couple guys I could I could go further down the board a little bit. I see James Cook on the board. You know I like him, mm-hmm. but man, like you know I could look at Rashad White. You know as a volume play, but like, am I do I really want to take Rashad White over someone like James Cook? You know what I'm saying? Like right. I feel like James yeah. Cook is just more dynamic on a better offense. You know I might be ranking. James Cook over Rashad White at this point, right? So yeah. I think I'm going to take Rashad White off the board right now. Um, Deontay Johnson um, is a possibility, but I already have four wide receivers. I'm not sure if I need to go there. I only have two running backs. I think building running yeah. backs is important. So it'd probably be between David Montgomery um, and James Cook for me. And David Montgomery has the potential of scoring a ton of touchdowns. I already missed out on on uh, Jameer Gibbs, obviously. So this is a tough choice, man. This is a tough choice. I don't think James Cook is going to make his way back to me. So I'm actually still going to go James Cook here, man. I'm going to go James right. Cook. I, I, I might have reached a little bit. Um, I didn't reach that much down the board. But I think James Cook, you know, we just talked about this earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. I just think that if he's going to be the guy, you know, in that backfield, um, getting 15 to, to 18 touches a game, I'm all about it. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Would you have gone you know, in that situation? It, it was a tough I probably would running backs. Yeah. It, so two days ago, before the whole Naeem Hines thing, I might have taken Rashad White, but you know that's yes. Without I'm the with hindsight you. of I, I would have taken Montgomery too. I think Montgomery would have been my choice over James Cook too. I think I was actually between James Cook and David Montgomery at the end of the day, just because I think that Montgomery, you know, can score a ton, ton of touchdowns this year, and he's being a little bit undervalued. Right. So now, now because, you know, Naeem Hines is out, I think James Cook does suddenly become, like you said, that intriguing player at his ADP yeah. that the upside might be there. I, I'm completely cool with that. And I'm on the board now. I got a minute to pick. But the guy that I want is sitting at the top of the board. You know, I mean, I, I do this. It seems like every draft, I did this on the last draft, my wide receiver four turns into Deontay Johnson. Why? I have Calvin Ridley as the upside shot. Chris Olave as the top five upside. Tyreek Hill with top one upside, overall wide receiver one upside. So how do I balance, you know, potential risk with Calvin Ridley? 
I wouldn't say Chris Olave is a risk, but I think there's a chance that he settles in as a low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two. I think that's a possibility. How do you offset that risk for your weekly choices when you're when you're making those decisions and setting your lineup? You take a guy that's going to get a bunch of volume, and I think that the Steelers' offense is going to be plenty good. I only have three receivers. I have two running backs. I have another guy I'm eyeing down the board. I'm not going to say, but we're because last time I said it, he didn't make it to me. But I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to take Deontay Johnson here. Nope, there goes the guy that I was eyeing immediately after my pick. <laughs> Brandon Cooks comes off the board. That sucks. Oh wow. So That's Brandon Cooks comes right off the board right after you. Um, I like the Deontay Johnson pick. Um, a little bit less intriguing in half PPR than full PPR, but at the seven, eight, you're somebody who's potentially getting 140 to 150 targets. Like, yeah, you, you got to yeah. go there. So Brandon Cooks, George Pickens, Alvin Kamara, AJ Dillon, uh, JSN, Jahan Dotson, Kadarius, Tony, Jordan Addison off the board. So let, let me just uh, you know, rip off your team a little bit. So Tyreek Hill, Tony Pollard, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, ridiculous start, George Kittle, Alexander Madison, Deontay Johnson. You're on the board with the fifth pick in the eighth round. Yeah, so I'm really – I am torn between two quarterbacks. Now, I want to take my quarterback here. I, I don't want to really go much further, you know, without taking a quarterback. All the other skill guys, not really my cup of tea. I mean, the top running back on the board right now is Antonio Gibson. I don't think I need him right now. You look at the top wide receiver right now on the board – Per ADP, of course, you know, it's Quentin Johnston. There's guys like Juju Smith-Schuster down the board, not really calling my name. Rashad Bateman's down there, Zay Flowers. They're interesting. I have four receivers already. I think I'm going to be all right. I want my quarterback. I'm looking between Tua and Deshaun Watson, and I think they're two completely different quarterbacks. Tua's going to get it all done through the air. He was very good when he was on the field, but he was injured a lot last season. It would also stack with Tyreek Hill, so that gives me weekly upside, but also a little bit of volatility there where if they have a bad game, you know, suddenly my team isn't as good. And then there's Deshaun Watson who could be back to the guy that he was. I haven't taken many risks this draft. I think even though Calvin Ridley in the fourth round, that's a little bit high. I'm okay paying that price, but I'm going to go ahead and take the first true risk of the draft. And I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. If he can turn in upside like he did between 2018 and 2020, I mean, my team's going to be set. There's plenty of other floor guys I can take. Tua wasn't really a floor pick, but his upside isn't as high as the rushing quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, he has rushing chops. He can do that. So I'm, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson here. Other floor guys, like I said, I can get somebody else down the board if I want to. But we're only starting one quarterback in this league. I don't know if I necessarily need to. Maybe I'll take somebody just in case Deshaun Watson pans out. But I think there's a low chance that he doesn't pan out. Yeah, I, I like that. I think it's a great, you know, price to pay. I think Dak Prescott went right before you. I think Prescott would have been my choice uh, over Tua, personally. Um, but I do like the Deshaun Watson pick. If he does, in fact, take a step forward back to what he used to be, that's a huge value right there, right? He used to be yeah. top five quarterback every single year for four straight years. Um, he was that the guy. Thing, yeah. The thing that pigeonholed me kind of with those picks is I have Tyreek Hill and Tony Pollard, which are both it's Cowboys and a Dolphins player, you know. Yeah. Obviously, there's a stack to be had with Tua, but with Dak Prescott, I, I don't want to invest in both the Cowboys passing game and the Makes run sense. game. I, I, that's what took Dak Prescott off the board for me. Yeah. Okay. I got you. That makes sense a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we got Dak Prescott, Antonio Gibson, Samaja P. Ryan off the board. Gibson and P. Ryan, two guys I would have taken if they <laughs> fell to me. Um, I right. love both of those guys. 
Um, I placed P. Ryan a little bit higher than Gibson, uh, even though Gibson does have a little bit more upside than P. Ryan does. So it is what it is. Now, who's on the board for me right now? We got Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, Quinton Johnston, Tua, Najoku, Gabe Davis. Yeah, these are the guys who are on the board right now. So nothing too <laughs> intriguing here, um, but I'm going to go with my tight end breakout for this year, and that's Pat Frymuth. And this might be a little bit you know, in, interesting taking him over Evan Ingram, but Evan Ingram has Calvin really coming in, who is going to be demanding a, a very high target share. And, you know, Evan Ingram, I'm not sure what number target he is. Like, he's at least number three. He could right. be number four. Last year, he was going back between one, two, right? Like he wasn't like the third or fourth option, and that might be the case this year. So, yeah. even though he got the bit, he got the bag. Great for him. But I think Pat Fryer was going into his third season um, after having a top ten year uh, historically for tight ends in their first two seasons with in receptions. Um, doing his thing with some major, major names. I think Pat Frymuth is a good guy to bet on as my tight end one. Right. I agree. Pat Frymuth, I think there's a chance he's the number two target. I think there's a pretty good chance. I mean, obviously, yeah. George Pickens is there. All the George Pickens truthers are coming out. They're like, George Pickens, you know, he's this flashy player. Yes, I'll give it to him. He's very entertaining to watch. But, you know, Pat Frymuth, especially this late, you know, he's kind of like ascending my draft rankings a little bit. He's kind of moving up into like that Dallas Goddard range for me. I know we haven't seen as consistent production from Pat Frymuth. He's only been in the league for two years, but he's kind of moving up into that range. Fringe, you know, mid tight end one for me. 100%. That's where I have him too. So after the, after me went great, uh, Gabe Davis. I want to say something about Gabe Davis real quick, guys. Um, Can you pause Gabe the draft Davis. timer? Like if you have something to talk about here? Yeah, like let me do that. Do that? Uh, yeah. Can I do that? I think, I think I if you go to the settings in the top right, you can pause um, it. Yep, I can. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Because um, I am on the clock. Um, yeah. I want to say one thing about Gabe Davis, guys. Gabe Davis last year was in the same exact situation, but he was going several rounds ahead of where he's going right now. Okay. Yeah. He just went off the board in the eighth round, at the end of the eighth round. Okay. He was going off the board in like the fourth or fifth round last year, right? Like that's where he was going, wasn't he, Zach? Like yes. the Yeah, I, I took him. I took him. Okay. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> it was nothing has changed. Round. Okay. Sure. They brought in a rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Okay. But they don't have a number two wide receiver right now. Mm-hmm. The number two wide receiver right now is Gabe Davis. There's a battle right now for the slot wide receiver role. And they could be going, you know, they could have a lot of 12 personnel. Gabe Davis on the field a ton in those situations. Okay. So Gabe Davis is a value, in my opinion. Okay. Because you're going to have those boom weeks. Like if you took him last year in the eighth, ninth round, Zach, opposed to the fifth, you would have felt a lot better for the production that he gave you. And I think that this year he could potentially potentially have a better season because he was a little bit banged up last year too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I look at it. You know, if he was going to the fourth, fifth round, you know, I took him as my wide receiver two last year. Last year he would be the wide receiver two on a lot of teams going to the fourth, fifth round. But now, for just for some context, the team that took him has him as their wide receiver four, five. Exactly. No, four. Yeah, it's four. Sorry, yep. I was looking at the wrong team. Gabe Davis as a wide receiver four. Is a lot better than Gabe Davis as your wide receiver too. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, maybe last year I wouldn't have been saying that, but this year <laughs> Gabe Davis, like you mentioned, like I get it. He had a rough year. The metrics weren't really there. Very low catch percent 
you know, he wasn't really making the most of the targets he was getting. But remember that game against the Steelers? It took him three catches to put up 36 points. So it's like, <laughs> that's the type of player you're getting, the upside. Are you going to talk about upside there? As a wide receiver four, that's exactly what you're looking for. You're not going to be starting Gabe Davis every week as a wide receiver four. So you can get away with it. 100%, man. Um, now, I don't have a quarterback yet. Uh, Anthony Richardson is looking at me right now. Um, I, I, I like Anthony Richardson at the spot. He's always been here in the ninth round. So he's in consideration, and Rashad Penny is also in consideration. Now, I have only three running backs at this point. There's not that many running backs you can get after this spot. Um, so I'm actually going to take a shot on Rashad Penny right now. I, I did I missed out on DeAndre Swift, but at this point, the running backs that you're grabbing are the upside shots, right? If Rashad Penny is the Eagles uh early down back, he has a ton of upside. Okay. And yeah. um, you know, he will play uh a role similar to Miles Sanders did last year, maybe a little bit less volume because they want to give DeAndre Swift the ball as well. Um but, you know, there's no guarantee that either of these guys stay healthy, especially Rashad Penny. Keep that in mind. So this is just a straight-up upside pick. Anthony Richardson also could have been a straight-up upside pick right here. Those are the two guys that I, you know, went with. Those are the two guys I would have chose between. He is right. now my RB4. If I had four running backs in my, on my roster already, I might have gone Richardson here instead. Yeah, so I'm looking at the board here. So between your pick and my pick, it was Dave Njoku, Evan Ingram, Michael Thomas. None of them affect me my draft construction right now it's, it's finding a running back and then just building out depth because i only have two running backs right now and alexander madison i think he's a pretty sure thing but he's not a sure sure thing and i don't really need any other receivers the receivers on the board i want to try and see if i can get zay flowers to fall down to me is he going to probably not but i'm going to go ahead and give it a shot because there's a running back that i'm going to take the only other guy that has a shot really on the board right now of getting that full workload well it, it might be between two guys it's devon a chain and kendra miller kendra miller so who do i want more no you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna flip the script i just talked myself out of it i'm gonna flip the script i'm gonna go wide receiver first i'm gonna take zay flowers and hope kendra miller can come back to me because i thought about it i'm already invested in the dolphins wide receivers uh tyree kill and it's gonna be pass first offense I wasn't big on Devon Achen anyway. I'm just going off of you hyping him up. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not just going to let that sway my decision for us. So I'm going to take Zay Flowers here. I think that's a high upside pick. You know, rookie wide receiver with Lamar Jackson. I Great pick. Fine. Great pick. And did he make it? Devon Achen came off the uh, board. All right, so that made my decision for me. See, that's he, another he, thing. He came off the board right before you picked him. Yes, that's another thing. So sometimes the board will make the decision for you. You know, you don't have to sit there and worry then once it happens. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Kendra Miller because say Alvin Kamara gets suspended or something like that. We talked about Jamal Williams. We know the story on him. Kendra Miller can be that guy. 100%. Now, Kendra Miller came off the board. Kirk Cousins, Rashad Bateman, Aaron Rodgers. I probably would have went Rashad Bateman here if he was available to me. But I also have J.K. Dobbins. So I don't want to double dip on that Ravens offense. Yep. So... The guy's on the board right now in the 10th round. By the way, Rashad Penny, you could have easily replaced that with Devon A. Chain. Like, go with either one, right? And I'll probably mm -hmm. go 50-50 on all my drafts, right? Um, Daniel Jones, I don't need a quarterback. Well, do I need a quarterback? I do need a quarterback. So I think I'm probably going to go quarterback here. Um, and I think I'm going to – see, it's between Daniel Jones and Geno Smith for me. 
I have Tal Lockett. I'm not really that's not really playing too much into my decision right now. Going mm-hmm. down the board, there's not a whole lot I like on the board right now where I'm at. So I think I'm gonna go with and I'm also picking in like seven spots. So I'm gonna go with Geno Smith here. This might sound a little crazy over Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones has that rushing upside. But mm-hmm. I just think that this Seattle offense is gonna go nuts this year. Like yeah. Geno Smith was very good last year. He has a new, really, really, really good weapon in JSN, and I love it. Um, yeah, Chico Conco, overall. Like, oh yeah, they also added uh, Zach Charbonnet to Kenneth yeah. Walker, plus Kenny McIntosh. You know, in case anything would happen in Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Like, they're loaded. I mean, the wide receiver room is arguably the best in the NFL. The running backs are fantastic. Geno Smith just has to do what he did last year, and you're right. So I, I agree, Geno Smith there. Daniel Jones was more of a floor pick, and I know you're an upside guy. Geno Smith has that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Rashad Penny, Geno Smith, those are my last two picks. Chico Conco came off the, off the board for uh, in the 10th round right after my pick. I would have taken Oconco here if I didn't take Pratt Firemuth a couple rounds ago. Juju, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Myers, Dalton Kincaid, Alan Lazard came off the board right before me. Elijah Mitchell is on the board here. Um, I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, I just don't have that much confidence he stays healthy, which is why he's not like this must-grab handcuff for me. Right. He also doesn't play on passing downs either, so not awesome. Uh, Jared McKinnon would be a consideration for me a couple weeks ago, but the Chiefs have a new running back that they like in the receiving game. Daenerys Prince, undrafted, free agent. <laughs> um, we'll be talking about him on Thursday, on uh, Thursday's episode. So Jared McKinnon is not on my draft board right now, okay? I'm moving further down the list. The guy that I'm going to draft and I'm going to reach a little bit is Sky Moore. Yeah. I'm drafting Sky Moore. Was that the guy? I was hoping going? you wouldn't look down the board. I was <laughs> so I, I, I swiped uh, Sky Moore from Zach, four picks from him. Um, yeah. I just, I, you know, I think that he's somebody that you can grab around this time that who could be Patrick Mahomes wide receiver one behind Travis Kelsey. So I, right. I do like. Sky Moore there. Elijah Mitchell went right off the board after me, as he should. Jared Goff, Adam Thielen, who's also one of your guys, off the board as well. So you're picking yeah. at the eighth spot in the 11th round. Who are you thinking? So the, the clear upside pick that I would have taken was Sky Moore, of course. And that's the beauty of you know drafting as news is breaking, because Sky Moore is going to move up the board a little bit with Kadarius Tony, the whole situation with his knee. Like, Alan Lazard should not be coming off the board, I think, over Sky Moore. And that's exactly what happened. They went back to back. So I, I, I would have taken Sky Moore. I'm, you know, a little shell shocked here, but we're fine. I'm looking at, let's see, I have three running backs. I have five receivers. My quarterback situation is a little bit, I mean, I have the upside there with Deshaun Watson. It's not necessarily a safe floor. Looking around at the board, there's not many wide receivers I like. I have my tight end. I don't need to draft two tight ends. Um, yeah. Quarterback, I, I, it might be a quarterback for me. No, Jared Goff is off the board. Russell Wilson, he's a question mark. Not a whole lot I like here. So at this point, I might need another running back. And right now the running backs, there's a guy right there that I kind of like. So, okay, I found somebody I like took me long enough but anyway the top of the board right now for me for running backs looks like Jarek mckinnon tyler algier devin singletary i'm not ready to handcuff just yet i'm looking down the board i see tank bigsby <laughs> he might have an early down roll on a good offense you know we're late in the draft ish 
Travis Etienne, I'm not a big supporter. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of like volume like they, he got last year. He wasn't efficient. We talked about him on a couple podcasts. I think Tank Bigsby was a fine pick there. It's my fourth running back. I'll take it. I love it. I love it. Um, good, good pick there. You know, I, if you're gonna draft draft Zach Charbonnet a couple rounds earlier, he went at the end of the uh, eighth round. Getting Tank Bigsby, you know, in the middle of the eleventh is also a pretty good deal. Similar situation, in my opinion. Right. I, I think that's fair. I, I'm not a huge fan of the pick. Like, I'm not like you know running sure. the card up to the to the podium, but but I, hey, I'm you got two that. rookie running backs who could win some roles here. Kendrick yeah, Miller absolutely. and Tank Bigsby back to back. Now, do I want to? You dropped the three rookies back to back: Zay Flowers, Kendrick Miller, and Tank Bigsby. Yeah. Now, do I want to triple down on a running back? Now I might triple. Not oh, oh, on no. a running back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I I might want to handcuff here. I I don't think that'd be a bad idea. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna take Tyler Tyler Algier because anything would happen to Bijan. Tyler Algier. We saw him last season. He was very efficient, very good in the run game. I don't have any problem with that. We talked about that last on the draft tips podcast. We talked about how the pendulum pendulum could swing. That's what I'm kind of aiming for right there. And Tyler Algier, he might get some work anyway. You know, this is Arthur Smith. We're talking about, we're not sure how he's going to use Bijan Robinson. We thought Kyle Pitts would be the guy in the passing game when they drafted him. And he didn't get a whole lot of run. Drake London was drafted. They didn't use him a whole lot. They ran the ball a lot. So if they're going to be running the ball a whole lot, there's going to be opportunity for Tyler Algier to contribute on a weekly basis. Um, end of season stats might not be super, attractive but on a weekly basis i'll take it as insurance just in case anything would happen to my other running backs okay i like it man that's a great pick there um for all the reasons that you mentioned jonathan mingo would have been my pick but he was taken right right after you darnell mooney Mm -hmm. tyler boyd right after them so right before my pick so let's see the best on the board devin singletary rondell moore Deontay foreman price young colin murray rashi rice Jalen everett sam laporta Roshan Johnson, Jalen Warren, Nico Collins. I, I think the guys that I'm really looking at here, Zach, um, I like Roshan. I like Jalen Warren. I like Nico Collins. Um, those are like the three guys that I'm looking at here. Um, right. Gerald Everett I like as well because I think he could potentially do some things in, in, in L.A. I do have a tight end already in Pat Frymuth. Um, I do pick again in seven picks or so. So I am going to pick the highest on the board here to hope that these other guys fall back to me. All right. So I haven't taken a running back in two rounds. Um, I have – how many running backs do I have? One, two, three, four. Four running backs right now. I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson here. All right. Um, Just so that, you know, taking advantage of that, you know, little bit of a – you know, that backfield in in Chicago. Like, we don't really know what's going to really happen there, right? Um, so taking the guy who I love as a prospect, who's extremely efficient in college, somebody they drafted early fourth round, I think he could potentially win the job over Deontay Foreman, who was taken th- three picks after me. Yeah. Devin Singletary was taken after me, Bryce Young, Deontay Foreman, Jalen Warren, Jeff Wilson, Kyler Murray, back to me. And this pick becomes a little bit easy. It's Nico Collins in the 13th round. Potential wide receiver one for Houston. With a accurate quarterback, uh, his reception perception profile by Matt Harmon is making me a little bit more bullish on Collins, um, mm-hmm. and because of that is the reason why I think that Collins can't break through uh, because he does separate and he does have the the tools and he's a big receiver. So I do like that, um, and we we've seen a little bit of of hype too coming out of minicamp as well. 
Right. Uh, that's absolutely a possibility. I would have taken Nico Collins too. Um, I didn't really see him on the board. I'll be honest. So the fact that they'll come up the board, you know, that's another reason to get to know the ADP of the platform that you're on, you know, because you don't want to, I would have taken Nico in the 12th round there. Right. But like I played the ADP game and I went with Roshan because he was going like, you know, several picks ahead of him. And it turned out that Nico ended up falling to me. So I'm glad that happened because Roshan would not have fell to me at that point. Absolutely. Right. So now I'm on the board. I have George Kittle. I want to take another receiver because I just went three running backs right in a row. And I needed that because I only had two running backs through the first nine rounds. So I'm loaded at running back. I now need another wide receiver. Not a whole lot of names calling out to me. There's one calling out to me that I'm going to target in the 14th round, which is after this pick. So now I kind of have flexibility to go the way I want. Are there any tight ends? Like, who would have thought I'm going for a tight end? Um, you know, with, to maybe fill another flex spot. Juwan Johnson's there, but we know not a whole lot um, going on there now that Jimmy Graham signed there. I might have to do two receivers at this point, just back to back. Romeo, Romeo Dubs is at the top. Oh, there's okay. Hang on. I kind of want to take a shot on Jaden Reed. I kind of do. It would, be, it would be another rookie, but he has a shot to play well. I'm going Romeo Dubs. Sorry. One of these rookies have to do something, right? I switched it. I switched it. I, I went Romeo Dubs. <laughs> Jaden Reed, he's a rookie. I don't know how he's going to play. We got defenses coming off the board now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to draft a defense because if you're playing fancy the right way, you won't be playing a defense. Um, the other guy that I want to target, he's way down the board. I don't think he came off the board. He did not. His name is Paris Campbell. There you well, go. He's heard a lot of good things about him, you know, and there's nobody in that Giants wide receiver room. When you're signing Cole Beasley, <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot going on for you in your receiving room. So I, I think that Paris Campbell in the 14th round, can I go wrong? He could lead the Giants in targets. Granted, it's Daniel Jones. He hasn't supported a top 36 wide receiver, but Paris Campbell's coming off the board as not a top 36 wide receiver. I will take that every day. By the way, we're at the point of choosing kickers and defenses. Uh, hopefully you don't have kickers and defenses in your league, or at least you don't right. have kickers. I choose to not draft kickers and defenses because I can just pick them up before week one. And what ends up happening sometimes is, you know, you, you draft one of these players in the 14th, 15th round, and a, some news breaks right before the season starts where like a running back got hurt and now oh wait like the running back that I draft in the 15th round ended up now as a starter right yeah. so that's the advantage that you get for rostering these guys right up until the last minute of kickoff sure would I want some like really good defense sure but like picking those defenses aren't as easy as you think those there's no slam dunk when it comes to picking fantasy defenses okay we don't figure out who the best fantasy defenses are until a couple weeks into the season yeah okay so Tajay Spears on the board for me right here. I'm taking him pretty easily. Um, you know, same thing. Derrick Henry, he'll be a three-down handcuff for Derrick Henry, right? So he is my guy. Um, Jerome Ford is on the board. Chuba Hubbard's on the board. You know, a couple guys who are handcuffs to their respective starters. Leonard Fournette also on the board. He's somebody that we should be looking at. Donovan Peoples-Jones, pretty easy pick there as well. You know, if I had to choose a guy, let's see. Like, I'm just going down the board. This is my last pick. So let's let's do something fun. Like just keep going. So keep going all the way down. Let's take Zamir White. Zamir all White. Right. All right. Who is the handcuff to Josh Jacobs? If Josh Jacobs, you know, ends up actually holding out, 
he's going to have some value. Okay. He's going to be the early down handcuff for Josh Jacobs. Okay. So that's my last round pick right there. That's perfect. Final round pick. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm looking on the board. There's not a whole lot I do like, but if you want to talk about upside, let's see. Here's a handcuff. We talked, uh, you talked a lot about this guy. We actually did half a half post on him. We did a post on Joe Mixon, how he was inefficient. And Chase Brown's sitting here. There you go. I'll take him. You know, the high volume. There's nobody else that's really going to play besides him. If Joe Chase Mixon Brown's a great pick right there. I've, I've been taking Chase Brown with the last pick of my so many of my drafts. So yeah. I do love that pick. That's going to do it. All right. Let's see what our team's looking like. Let's, let's talk about Zach's team first. At wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson, Zay Flowers, Romeo Dubs, Paris Campbell. A plus wide receiver room. Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, Bigsby Tyler Algier, Chase Brown. That is a uh, solid C plus room right there t- with Tony Pollard uh, giving you, you know, uh, preventing an F pretty much um <laughs> but uh i you know here's the thing right alexander madison in the sixth round after having only one running back drafted in the first five rounds like is exactly what you would wish for right oh, yeah. like if i were you like i'll be thrilled to get madison in the sixth as your rb2 right that's absolutely was. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you have a whole lot exactly george kittle in the fifth round and Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Um, moving on to my team at wide receiver, Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, by the way, uh, another highlight of Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson just came out a minute ago. You guys should go see that. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, uh, Sky Moore, Nico Collins as my wide receiver room. I would give that a solid B minus. Um, then you have Ramondre Stevenson, J.K. Dobbins, James Cook, Rashad Penny, Roshan Johnson, Ty J. Spears, and Zemir White. I would give that a solid C+. Um, and then you have Pat Byron as my that. tight end and Geno Smith as my quarterback. What's that, Zach? I think the upside on Ramondre Stevenson, J.K. Dobbins, James Cook, Rashad Penny, those four guys. Like, If Rashad Penny comes through for you, if he stays healthy, like that's an RB2 right there easily. And he's going to be a good RB2. And J.K. Oh, yeah. Dobbins, we don't know the situation suddenly with him. But if J.K. Dobbins didn't have any uncertainty, like it just came out, like, would you be feeling a lot better about that pick? <laughs> I don't really have that much uncertainty about J.K. Dobbins right now, to be honest, man. I really don't. Okay, it so sounds it's a weird see. situation. It, what, what did you? Like he's what not did hurt. You run back room. I don't even remember. C plus, B minus. I don't even know. B-? I don't even know. It, it wasn't an A, and I don't no. think this is bad running back room at all. I was honestly, I was grading it low so that you can swoop in and just be like, no, for us. You're being too hard on yourself. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I see. You know I see. Yeah, no. <laughs> the thing about, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson. I, I don't like that they're looking for another running back, you know, that kind of thing. But nothing has really emerged as of late. But right. outside of that, like Rashad Penny's probably my favorite pick of yours for the running back at running back. Like, you can't yeah, beat that. No, you can't. You can't. I do like Khalil Herbert as well. Like, if Khalil Herbert was there at the 9 4 spot, who was picked right like three picks before me, I probably would have went Herbert just because I want to take shots on him as, yeah. ma- as much as I can. Um, I do like him over Roshan Johnson, you know, you know, if all costs were the same. But Roshan's going a few rounds later, and I was able to, to snag him, right? Right. Okay. Let's end this podcast, Zach. Um, that was awesome. That was fun, as always. I love mock drafting. I might just do another one right after this podcast. But thank yeah. you guys for listening. Take it easy. Hope that helped. And we'll be back on Thursday with some camp hype. Talk to you guys then. See you later. Bye-bye.